0: Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're happy to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded in Hamilton, Ontario at the Passive House Canada Conference 2023. These interviews were conducted by Mary James, our Director of Publications, and Michael Ingwe, our Founder. A big thank you to Euroline Windows for underwriting this special series. Please enjoy.
1: Uh, welcome Josie Constantini, project manager at Skill Place Construction. Pleasure to have you join us at the Passive House Accelerator podcast. And I heard your talk yesterday, pairing three different construction approaches to the Passive House multifamily or MIRBS as they call them here in Canada. Yep. So first of all, how is it that your company has been involved in so many
0: Passive House projects? And when did it start? Well, it started in 2016. We had been longtime partners, or I guess builders, with a company called Inwell, And um, they looked into passive house construction because they wanted to create a better living experience for their tenants because they do a lot of low-income housing. So they looked into it. They said, will you take this leap with us? So we did our training together, and we did our first Passive House build with them as a team. And then from there, they had lots of plans to keep developing. So um, they were confident in us, Skiltice, as a builder. And uh, we were lucky enough to do their next, I want to say, like four to five buildings in the next couple of years. And then from there, that kind of got our traction going. And then other clients started coming to us because they were hearing that we were doing Passive house construction, kind of asking what it is. And um, yeah, I would say that's kind of how we got our start. And everybody needs a little kickstart to get out into the world and get known into the Passive house community. So that's how we got it. And then from there, people have been coming to us asking how it's done. And, and you know, we've been bidding projects as well as they come to the city of Hamilton.
1: Yeah, that's kind of our start. And I should have... Um, started by saying you are based in Hamilton, Ontario, so it's not just you and Indwell, but I I understand that there are some um, municipal
0: incentives or regulations to go to Passive House, is that correct? Yeah, and I don't know who discovered them. I guess um, CMHC, which is the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, I believe. Um, they do a lot of grants and there's an initiative fund and a co-investment fund. Um, so Inwell kind of looked into those to see what funding opportunities were available. So they were able to get grants in that way. Um, but all sectors, so city housing Hamilton is can get the same grants. The YWCA, any nonprofit really can, can achieve the same grant. So I don't know if Indwell was the first to kind of look into that for Passive House. But Inhal, I think, definitely introduced the city of Hamilton as a, a building inspector to the Passive House world. So they kind of kick-started that, I would say, in terms of getting them comfortable with approving it um, in the permit stage and in the inspection stage, and then... From there, they, they all talk as a community, I think, of low-income housing and, and share tips and tricks with each other.
1: And all of the Passive House buildings that your company has worked on so mm. far have been residential. Is
0: that correct? Yes. Yes, they've all been multi-residential. With, it's, it's usually always with a commercial ground floor of some sort, either a community space or a rentable space um, and with the- residential. How many stories? Uh, what's the range there? Um, three to six. Our highest is six, and our smallest was three, yeah. And I don't think that they go at any smaller than three usually, unless they have a really large site, because um, to, make it li- like, to make it probable to build it, they need a certain amount of units to make it um, worth the cost of the build. So I think that magic number is somewhere around 30 units, but yeah, three to six.
1: And so how many units, do you know off the top of your head, what the range is in the units that you... Yeah, so in
0: each building, um, I think our smallest amount is 40. Our largest was 55. And I think that's just per building. We've done sites where there was, you know, a three story and a five story on the same site. And then we had a hundred and something units there. and we did do a small reno. It's it's not likely. It's kind of the outlier that we did only 13 units, but it was an old dairy farm, and it was just this kind of skinny little three-story building that we just repurposed um, as a passive house enterfit. But, yeah, I'd say 40 to 50 is kind of the sweet spot.
1: And enterfits um, are always more challenging than yep. new construction.
0: Can you just tell us a little bit more about that project and how uh, you approached it? Yeah, well, our very first one with Passive House was an in NFIT actually. And we didn't get it officially certified because not only was it a renovation, but it was our first dive at Passive House. So we just said, let's just try this, see if it works. Um, but the most recent one we did was um, we basically took it down to everything. We just had shoring jacks, um, push and pull jacks holding the exterior brick. So that was all that we left. It was the entire exterior brick. We took off the roof and all the floor levels. Um, and then from there, we had to do everything on the inside. So we completely spray-foamed the inside and did all of our ceiling from the interior, tying it into our windows. Um, that one, I thought, was fairly easy as a renovation, I would say. When you're just left with a shell, it's an easier, easier go. The first one we had done where we had to keep the floor levels and everything, wrapping the airtightness layer around different building forms on the outside we had brick we had concrete I think we had plywood there was plaster at some point and we tried to make it one cohesive layer by the end that was that was more challenging not only that that these buildings are falling down there's a reason why they need renovations so it's not even just the passive aspect the building is falling apart at the same time so it just takes
1: a little bit more care uh, the talk that I heard that you gave yesterday where you were comparing certain construction approaches uh, can you just tell us which three construction approaches you were comparing?
0: Yeah, so we did, I call it a stick build, but it's kind of like an on-site framing, so nothing would be prefabricated. So we just have um, either wood or or steel structural studs, and um, we're site building those with some either wood joists or or steel beams. So that's kind of our stick build. And then we have our total precast, which was, um, in this case, it was total precast concrete. So it was sandwich panels for the exterior and then hollow concrete floors for the floors and then the third one was uh, kind of a combination of the two we had these preformed they're called flush beams or delta beams and then we had precast concrete floors but then all of our exterior walls were built on site so it was kind of half prefabricated half built on site
1: and the hybrid what were the advantages that the hybrid approach brought
0: well, the hybrid approach structurally gets us up all six floors in almost the same speed as a precast would. Um, the only difference is you're not completely closed in, but um, not all parts of construction need you to be closed in that quickly. Um, so as soon as our structure was up completely, all I think that one was five or six stories, um, then we could start running all of our services. Really, the only things that need your entire building closed in that fast would be any interior finishes or... or running actual electrical um, but plumbing and all services were run as soon as that and we were at the same time building our exterior walls so it, if it comes down to cost that one was very very cost effective that build, um, I don't know if that was just the market at the time but it's a nice way of getting kind of a precast or prefabricated sorry schedule but um, without either having to pay those costs or or having that finished because you have to pick of either you're doing precast concrete or you're doing pre-panelized systems so it gave us the flexibility to do more interesting designs. And
1: um, if I understood correctly from your talk yesterday it's also a lower embodied carbon end result than yeah. the precast concrete.
0: Yeah which actually somebody came up to me afterwards and said that they've done studies on the precast concrete and they said it's actually not that bad but it depends I guess on what kind of concrete you're using. Yeah The um, the embodied um carbon and you can do like you know more efficient construction too as long as we're um, our floor-to-floor heights are good then we can have less waste in terms of um studs that we're using we're not using cut studs if we use full studs and everything um yeah the embodied carbon is is much better especially if we use wood for the outside
1: and um looking ahead um with the extensive experience that you have rumor has it that um you actually have had to turn away um, Passive House work. <laughs> I mean, maybe not you personally, but your company yeah. has had to turn away Passive House work because you just had too much work on your hands. Is yeah. that true?
0: Yes, yes. And um, some of that has been with Indwell um, because they're building all over now. They're kind of expanding where they're building, and they have a few in Kitchener. They had one in Woodstock um, in London. Um, there was also one for the University of Toronto, Scarborough I believe is a large project there's one in Windsor not to say that we would have gotten all these projects but we've turned them away we didn't bid on them or the ones with Indwell, um, we had to say that we can't do or accept because for one you know if it was our first past project maybe we would do the distance but it just wasn't economical for us and we have too much work here in Hamilton that's more <laughs> sustainable mm-hmm. yeah what projects are on the horizon for you Right now, we have two with City Housing Hamilton, both six stories. So there's very similar builds. Um, they will be one is Passive House Classic, and one will be Passive House Low Energy, um, just for different site constraints and building constraints on the other site. Um, so those are ongoing now. Hopefully to be finished mid next year. We have one in Binbrook, which is I think a hundred units of a. Um, it's a senior housing. far is- Ways bin oh, Binbrook. Bin so it's technically in the, like, the town sh- or the city of Hamilton. It's just, a, I don't know, I'd say 15, 20 minutes, um, a little bit more south. And um, that one is se- um, seniors residence. Yeah, it's 100 units. It's three different buildings, all interconnected. Um, that one's just in the design stages, so that won't start construction until next year. We are currently bidding on one, I don't want to say which one, that is closing next month. That is also for a seniors' residence that we're hoping to get for Passive House. Indwell has the fourth phase of Royal Oak. Um, Emma and Graham did a talk on it on Monday here. Um, it's a beautiful site downtown Hamilton. So there's are three-story walk-up towns that they want to build Passive House certified, and. Um, I'm sure there's more, but that's all I can think for right this year. <laughs> Sounds like plenty. <laughs> yeah.
1: Although those are all new constructions, so you don't have any yes. other fits on the horizon.
0: No, we just finished We just finished two. We just finished one, um, the one I was talking about, the, the kind of stables building. And then we did one at, um, it was called 180 Ottawa for Indwell as well. It was just an old building that we kind of added an addition and tried to resalvage it. That one was challenging. I don't know the ins and outs of that because I didn't personally do it, but. We're ge- having a break from renovations, which I'm happy about.
1: <laughs> it's been so nice for to have you stop by. Can you just tell us
0: briefly how you started working for your company? It's actually a funny story. So SkillTest is a family company. Um, so they value family values all um, throughout their construction and everything. So I actually um, grew up with somebody who worked there. or they grew up with my mom, and I, so family friend, and she got me and I was just going to work there for the summer because I had done architecture in school, so I wanted a summer job. I worked there for the summer, and then after the summer was over, I I went to Henry, my boss, and asked if I could stay uh, because I was really enjoying it because I was kind of shadowing as a project manager and, and learning the ins and outs of construction, and that was in 2016, and I never left, so I'm still there. And then, of course. Um, through them, I was able to finish my master's degree at Ryerson. Um, I guess it's TMU now, but um, I finished it part-time while I was still working yeah. there because I, I did still want to go back to school. So they were flexible enough to let me do that. And yeah, it's kind of one of those things I got in and I never got up. So. <laughs> well, how lucky to have found a job that yeah. you enjoy so much. Exactly, right it, out of the <laughs> yeah, right out of right out of school, and it kind of so happened that I joined, and that fall after the summer um, was when we started talking about passive house, and I was starting my master's in building science, which is it's all very odd that it all kind of came together like that. So then I was ended up being the perfect person to kind of learn passive house and kind of take our company in that direction. So. That's
1: great. Well, congratulations. Again, thank you you so much for coming by and talking with us. No problem. Thank you for having
0: me.